Welcome, everyone, to episode 476 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. I'm Corey. Uh, today's topic is going to be Watchdogs Legion. I know it just came out. Did it come out Tuesday? Or was it? No, it was a week ago now. It was last um, Thursday. That's right. It's last Thursday. I've, I've lost all track of time. So um, so I've got that going for me. But I've, I've probably put eight to ten hours into Watchdogs, Watchdogs Legion. So. Obviously, it's not going to be a comprehensive review, but as we usually do, it's more of a more first impressions type of stuff. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to continue it after Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla comes out on Tuesday. Probably not. Um, oh, that's yeah. Tuesday. Holy crap. Yeah, it's Tuesday. Um, I've already got it pre-installed on my computer, so I'm excited about that. But that's going to be our main topic. Anyone have anything they want to tease for later on the episode? Corey, what do you have you, what have you been playing? Oh my goodness, what have I been playing? I uh, I played a little Spirit Fair. That oh. seems to, that seems to be a pretty popular game these days. I should say I'm kind of out of the loop on all the games going on, and I I heard you guys talk about that game Hades. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious about that if you're able to speak to it a little bit. But uh, I guess in terms of new games I've played, it'd be. Can you guys hear the dog squeaking the toy in the other room? <laughs> Just um, not not really. Okay. Not really, no. Yeah, I played a little Spirit Fair. Uh, I'm back into Hearthstone a little bit here and there. Still playing Rocket League. Um, gosh, I feel like there's some other new things. I play. Oh, East Shade. I played a little East Shade. I'm not familiar with that one. It's that Game Pass game where you go to an island as an artist and you have to paint paintings. Hmm. But I didn't play that it very seems much. Very, that seems very chill. Yeah, it's pretty chill. So is Spirit Fair. Very chill, both very chill games. But yeah, yeah. I, I think in terms of new things, it'd just be Spirit Fair. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear about that. That's on, that's on Game Pass too, right? Yep. Okay. What, what about you, Will? Anything new? Uh, I will talk very little Pokemon, but uh, I did something with that. And then I played Crash Bandicoot 4. Um, that's kind of what I've been playing. Mm-hmm. I won't get into a lot with it because it's a Crash Bandicoot game, really. So if you've played sure. any of them, you've kind of played this one too. Um, but, you know, just a fun game to play overall that you don't have to de- dive too deep into. So Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have anything new uh, game-wise outside of Watch Dogs Legion, uh, but I did get the EVGA XR1 that I talked about a couple weeks ago. What's that? Uh, it's a capture card. That oh. I got. I entered a uh, a chance to test it. Um, so I'll talk about. I've I've played it with it for maybe half an hour. Uh, so I'll talk a little bit about that. And it, I didn't look beforehand, uh, but afterwards, after I got it, I was like, I, I'm not sure what I need to do to make sure. Like, I'm not sure if I can keep this, but I I, I just have to submit on my YouTube channel a uh, one to five minute video of myself using the EVGA XR1 capture card. Um, so I'll talk about my experience with that so far, um, probably during my week, as long as I don't forget, which is very possible. But uh, outside of that, no no new games that I've played, really. Just kind of the same old Animal Crossing, Fortnite, uh, Super Mario 3D, 3D All-Stars, that sort of stuff. So I'm curious to know, Dan, what you've been doing in Animal Crossing for the last 10 months. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, it's just just my dailies. Like, yeah. I I circle around i do do my dailies uh i'm I'm, really what i'm mostly doing is every day i'm checking to see if red the art dealer is on my island um because i'm trying to fill out my art section of my museum 
So it's all, I only spend half an hour, maybe. It's a respectable um, goal, Dan. Yeah. But I'm up to like 440 hours or something uh, since it came out. Ugh. So, and then any any of the seasonal events that 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 pop up, I do those too. Um, the Halloween thing was was pretty neat. So, it's better than the Easter one, the Halloween one. Uh, well, you didn't have to worry about those eggs everywhere disrupting your resource gathering. So, mm. so that was that was nice. But anyway, uh, so Watchdogs Legion. So yeah, that came out. Uh, I guess it was a little over a week ago now. Uh, I, I am playing through the Ubisoft Uplay Plus, uh, which I believe they're renaming at some point. My initial experience with Uplay, Uplay Plus was not good. It took them about two days to like charge my card and activate my account. Uh, and I had to cust- contact customer support about it. Uh, so what happened was I signed up for it, and I it, it accepted everything. I downloaded Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, it, it was Thursday because I wanted to try and maybe play at midnight. And uh, I went back like an hour later to make sure everything was downloaded and stuff and said my account was no longer active, that it had been canceled. And I'm like, well, no, that's not the case. You know, I checked my, my credit card statement uh, you know, on my phone app or whatever, and it had been charged. Everything went through fine, but I didn't have access to, to the Uplay Plus games. So. so I contacted customer support. They're like, yeah, we went through your thing. Uh, it looks like you canceled your thing. And I'm like, that is absolutely not what happened. So I had a screenshot. Because uh, I, I got an invoice from Ubisoft, too, saying that it was correctly charged. Mm. Um, so I sent them the invoice. And then after they got that, it w- whatever they had to do on their side, but it, it worked. So, But it was two days later. I don't think I ended up being able to play until maybe Sunday. So um, luckily, they pushed back the starting time to when... You know, it, it actually like started to work, so I didn't lose those two or three days or whatever of you play plus access time. So, and I've read that's happened to other people. So, if you if that happens to you, do the same thing I did. Uh, screenshot everything. They're, they do have a place in their like um, customer service area to to send screenshots or whatever. So, intriguing. Yeah. So definitely do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, outside of that, the, the biggest, uh, haul, the biggest, um, interesting thing about, 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 um, Watchdog Legion is the ability to recruit just about anyone in, in the game. Um, that's the, the hook, uh, you know, the interesting gadgets are all there about the same stuff. Uh, it seems that you, you had in, in Watch Dogs. I didn't play Watch Dogs too, so I don't know how different or similar it is. To this. Okay. I'm yeah. glad you said that. Cause I was really confused. I couldn't remember if there ever was a second Watch Dogs. Yes. And there was. Yeah. Okay. Yes, there was a Watch Dogs 2. I did not play it. Um, so I can't I can't speak to it. Apparently it was it was significantly better in Watch Dogs 1. I would say Watch Dogs 1 was was average. Uh Watch Dogs 2 was was better and an improvement from just about everyone. Um you know, everyone I know that that's played it. Right. Um, but it has a lot of the typical, you know, Ubisoft trappings in games. Um, radio towers. Not exactly radio towers, but there's like little little bits and bobs of like uh, lore that you find laying around all over. They pop up on the mini map. You go, you collect them. Um, there's a way to upgrade your tech tree in the game that uses these. I forget what they're called. You get tech points. Uh, they're scattered all over the map and you get them for completing completing things 
Um, but yeah, the way the the way the recruiting system works. So anyone walking along the street, like you can target them. Uh, and I've been playing on PC, so all my controls that I talk about are going to be PC controls. I don't know what the controls are for the for the consoles. I, I didn't play it with it with the controller at all. Um, so you just mouse like for me, it was just, it would just mouse the cursor over a person. I hit the middle mouse button, and their like little information window would pop up with mm. uh, their name, their occupation. Uh, every character in the game has a couple different special abilities that usually relate to either their personal life or their whatever their job is. So um, there was one mission that I needed I needed someone a uh, construction worker who had access to construction drones. So I had to go. Uh, the game, I mean, kind of guides you to where you need to go, and then there was a slew of construction workers that I had I got to choose from. So you know, whoever you kind of want on your team, you can you can pick. Uh, and you know they have their own backstory. They have friends. They they seem to have. I don't know if you remember the big thing in um, like Oblivion and Skyrim was was the like character schedules that they have. So that seems to be a thing in this game too. So a lot of times if you mouse over a character, it'll be like uh, finishing their shift and then going to a bar, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and it'll give give like a time frame. So if you find someone that you want, but they're not in an area where you can necessarily access them, you can follow them, uh, you know, to their next, next point of interest or whatever that they're, that they're supposed to go to. Um, there does seem to be a wide variety of, Mm. of characters and occupations and backgrounds and, and abilities that these individual characters have. So, uh, so what you do initially is you can, you tag them. So, uh, for me, it's the Q button. We'll like add it to my team roster, though. They're not necessarily on your team. And then you go in there, uh, and you can t- either talk to them, or if you want to come back to them uh, later, you can track them down to to join your join your your team. So, uh, what's the main uh, what's the main goal? Like, uh, I think I I don't think I ever played any of the Watch Dogs game, but it, it sounds to me like it's one of those open world type games, um, where you can kind of go in any direction you want with a main story. But like, what's your goal? So you are part of a like hacking. You seem to be on the side of good. So you're not a hacking terrorist organization, but the, you're, you're a white hat, white hat, hacker. white hat, white hat. Can't kind of yeah. So the the thing that happens is there's a, a terrorist attack in London. Flows up a part of the city, um, and your 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 organization DeadSec is is blamed for it. Uh, and it's it, you are trying to both clear your name and find the group that's responsible and and you know pin the pin the wrongdoing on them. So uh, I'm not super far into the story. As I said, I've I've played eight to ten hours roughly. I would say maybe half that I've done story missions, and the the other half is is my typical running around and screwing around, messing around with the game systems. So. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're talk- go ahead. I was going to say, now, when you're trying to recruit these different people, do do they further the story or is it mainly like you don't have to recruit anybody and you can just use like one person? So there are characters that you have to get. Like I had to get the construction worker to further the story. Okay. Um, and there does seem to be like a handful of those that you do have to get. Uh, you do have some leeway. So like I said, you know, I went to a construction zone. There was maybe eight to 10 workers there that I could have chosen. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know if you could have like gotten one before that 
and already had a construction worker on your roster and then didn't have to choose from those eight to 10. Uh, okay. As far as I know, they're completely random too. Um, and then there is some like high quality recruits that you can get. Um, so I recruited someone that was a spy. So, you know, that came with its own benefits. Um, obviously they, they're trained, whereas a lot of the other characters that you don't, you have aren't, aren't trained. So the spy that I recruited had access to like a spy vehicle has access to a silenced pistol, which is cool. I didn't have anyone that had anything like that. Um, so that's a character I've kind of been like meaning for right now. Uh, they also have an interesting mode in the game where you can uh, permit have permadeath for your for your characters. So if they mm. if they get taken out uh, or killed, they're gone. I didn't play that. I think it would be more fun to play that way uh, than the way I'm playing. I I did normal difficulty. Uh, if if one of my characters gets knocked out, I just restart back from like the beginning of the area that I was in. But I do think it would be more fun. I think if I, I think if I was playing this in, at another time when I didn't have anything else going on, I would probably play that way because I think it would be it'd be more fun and I would it would add a la- layer of intensity that I am not getting right now when I'm playing. Now, when you recruit these guys, how does that work? Do you just go up and talk to them, and then there's like a mission that queues up? That yeah, yep. So I've, you ha- I've done. Go ahead. Well, are people like vehemently opposed to joining DeadSack, and you have to convince them? Yeah. So there is like uh, there seems to be like a faction type of thing. So like I don't think I I can't recruit uh, Clan Kelly, which is like a London gang in the game. Mm-hmm. I can't I, I can't really recruit any of them because they do not like dead sec like they're they're opposing forces and then there's a private security force named albion and it's i think it's difficult at least for me for right now to 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 get those people to join me uh there's also like a neighborhood mechanic so the the neighborhood i'm in in london mostly right now is westminster and you if you complete certain objectives in there you like um you lower the the oppression rating, I guess. So the people in that neighborhood are more likely to like you and join DeadSec. So that also is another another thing. Okay. Um, I have not done so. I I did all the things like the, it's um to lower the like oppression rating or whatever. There's three different things I had to do. I had to like take down some uh, some propaganda. Uh, I had to spray paint some walls, and then I had to like disable something in the in the area to, i have not done the mission for that i don't know what the mission entails for that um but you do improve by neighborhood like your 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 dead sex like uh uh rating i guess with the with the people in the neighborhood is there ever a fetch quest to kill pigeons mm, not so far not <laughs> okay. that i'm aware of. i was just curious um but yeah like it's it's i i like the game like i said i think it would be better if it I'd be more interested in keeping on playing it if uh, Assassin's Creed wasn't coming out in two days. Well, that's that was my next question. Is someone who absolutely loved Assassin's Creed Odyssey um, and wanted to play Origins, but was just a little burnt out from 100 plus hours of Odyssey and, and wanted to be fully refreshed for Valhalla. Do you think this game is in the same vein in terms of like gameplay? Is it going to scratch the same itch? Does it offer anything unique beyond its setting? It's honestly, it's honestly very much like, and I don't know if it's intended to be this way, but it's it's very much like modern day or near future Assassin's Creed. Interesting. Uh, okay. okay. It, it feels very much the same. Um, 
I don't know if, it, like I said, I don't know if it was supposed to start off as something different, but it, it, it very much feels like that. Now, there's not really the RPG elements that, that Assassin's Creed had. Uh, the RPG elements, like gaining abilities. There is a little bit of unlocking technology and, and upgrading your technology. Uh, but it doesn't really feel like like abilities, you know, like you know, like Cassandra got in, in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, so. That's the best part. One of the best parts. So yeah. they, t- they don't have that, is what you're saying. They, they don't have that. It's not exactly the same. Like, your increasing abilities are adding to your squad of people. In, 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 in the game, you know. So specialize okay. in their own thing. But yeah, exactly. And in, in when you're recruiting them, do they do the people on your team grow in any meaningful way, or is it their abilities you recruit them with or the abilities that are their abilities and that's it? Yeah, as far as I know, that's that's the case. Like you once once you get them you get them for their specific skill set. Mm. Uh, it doesn't seem like it grows. I don't know. Uh, you know that you start off with a character too, so I don't know if the character that I start off with grows, and and some of the others don't. I don't. I so, follow up question to that: um, It sounds like you are building your team in order to have a lot of options as you approach these missions, right? So you can use multiple people to achieve your goal. Um, do you feel like it's necessary to use several members of your team in order to accomplish a mission, or could you just brute force it with one good guy if you wanted? You could definitely brute force it. Um, like I said, and I think that's where uh, maybe even playing on a harder difficulty, but also adding permadeath to the game makes it more yeah. interesting. Okay. Um, you know, I I could easily have have used the the char- the one character that I started with, uh, and then you have like I think you have three or four others that start like on your team. Um, th- but like one of the missions that I did, like it automatically switched me to one of the characters in my in my team. Uh, because she had a special set of skills that I needed for that particular mission. I don't know how many of, the, of those are in the in the actual, like, later in the game, you know? Um, one last question. How different um, are the... How different and creative are the abilities? Is it like, oh, this character has plus 10% to shooting? Or is it like, no, this character can do this one thing that this other character can't even... They're pretty specific, and there's there's a lot of them, so... Like a lot of construction workers uh, have have the ability to ability to um, ability in air quotes, they they can uh, fight hand to hand combat with a wrench. Um, like I said, my spy character has access to a silence silence pistol, which is not something any of the other characters, right? Any mm-hmm. of the other like, yeah, jobs jobs do. Um, one of the characters I have is able to hack things uh has a much wider range where they can hack things from a distance without needing to be up close to something gotcha um another thing my uh my construction character did was they were able to call and use cargo drones so that sounds neat yeah there's a lot of a lot of abilities like um uh just messing around i got one of my characters really really drunk um, and and they passed out, but the the like the way those systems interact with each other is interesting. Um, some of the characters have abilities where they can drink a lot. You know, some of them run faster. Some of them get out of prison quicker uh, if they have connections with like people. You know, like security guards or or police officers, or if they have connections with Albion, they can get out of prison faster. So the characters uh, go to jail. Yeah, your characters can go to jail. I think they can get like beat up and sent to the hospital. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the like NPCs that I knock out 
like once you like highlight them and see what they're it says that they're going to get picked up and taken to the hospital and then they also kind after that like specific characters will carry out of uh, or have a vendetta against dead sec or your specific character and oh, okay that. so it's 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 an it's an interesting and unique system and i think um unfortunately i haven't quite played it enough to see how much uh, those systems interact with each other and again i think it would be better with with permadeath and or on a harder difficulty so if you okay say somebody carries out a vendetta against you because you beat the crap out of them mm-hmm. what if like a family member or a friend is a recruitable member of that person you beat up would that person be staunchly opposed to joining you regardless of what you do or do you not know so that yet i haven't seen that what i have seen is i have helped friends of my my like team so it'll 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 pop up like on it'll be like a little hovering thing above the character's head that they're a close friend or close associate with one of your your things so okay uh, there was one where an albion guard was was harassing uh and you know uh beating up a little bit a uh, character who was like a friend of mine so um you know so I, I helped them out they already were like positively predisposed to me because of because my my one of my yeah. characters was one of yeah one of my was was one of my teammates um and that just added to their to their feeling towards dead sec and, and my characters so sounds like if it goes that one way it probably goes the other way too probably. which is pretty cool yeah. i like that yeah, and you could definitely like ruin your reputa- reputation. Like you said, the the characters I sent to the hospital like just hated dead sec even more than they had before. So yeah, interesting. Mm. Well, I'll tell you, Dan, that uh, our favorite video game review site has given this game a seventy five out of a hundred. Uh, yeah. Open according to OpenCritic.com. Um, we already talked about one of. The best parts of the game, according to their review summary, which is the ability to play as anyone. Um, But the summary also says that a lot of critics complained about repetitive missions, saying many critics noted that missions begin to feel too samey as you get deeper into the game. I can see that. And then the other uh, con, according to the review summary, is the narrative cohesion. Some critics felt that the overall story never really came together. Mm -hmm. I've already started. I already started skipping all the story stuff. I don't even <laughs> see. I, that's I have always no idea what's going on. That's always a bad sign for me. It, it yeah. tells me that like the game, the story has not hooked me. And a lot of times, like I can, I can pay, I can play a game without needing a story, but it doesn't very, it doesn't last for very long. Sure. Um, I'll just get sick of the mechanics after a while. You need a good story, the one that engages you and keeps you um, hooked all the way through. And if you lose it, then you're going to lose interest in the game as soon as the mechanics get boring. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could totally see that with this game. Uh, as I said, I think that's a large part of the reason why I'm not going to continue playing it. Uh, once Assassin's Creed comes out, you know, uh, as much as I like, like the, the, the world and the city of London is very, very well recreated. I love the, the tech that's used in the game. I think that's all really cool. Um, and, and again, I think the, the, Whatever system they use for the NPCs is is interesting. Yeah, uh, but I think they they need to work on that and and figure out a more interesting way to tie that to the story. Because uh, really, like it's more of a it's more of a fun playground mm-hmm. than it is yeah than than an actual than the game. So I I don't know how they rectify that, but that that is the the definitely the biggest disconnect with, with the game for me. Sounds like a good proof of concept that just needs to be refined a little bit and. Mm-hmm. 
distilled and yeah and i don't know how they do that you know um but definitely the playground is is the most interesting part of the game right how does how does london feel like as a world good i I really like yeah the, the setting is very cool is it near future near future yeah yeah i mean some of the technology stuff is is not stuff we've seen you know so a lot of a lot of drones in the game uh like if you look up there's just drones everywhere so it's not really a thing that's there yet but it's coming you know yeah yeah i mean this conversation i think has more than anything it's it's dissuaded me more than persuaded me from buying it but i'll still say of all the like fall games that are coming out this year this one's still on my short list uh, i think it's just going to be a matter of you know how quickly do i get through valhalla will i get through valhalla before cyberpunk comes out in which case i'll want something else to play so that's, maybe that's where this will fit in yeah i mean that's the sprint for me like I, my goal is to have valhalla done by by cyberpunk yeah I it's like a month that. right in between uh yeah yes the 10th 10th to the 10th yeah um, and then I have I have uh, Hyrule Warriors coming out too. So. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. That's, That's one way. of the things I wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, yeah. If we if we have some time in this episode, is just like which games are coming out, which games do we need to play? Like I, I just don't know. I, I've you mentioned Hyrule Warriors, I totally forgot about it. So I played the demo, so I will talk a little bit about it. Oh, oh yes, I want to hear about it. What we played. Cool. As long as I don't forget. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, honestly, the Uplay Plus thing is a good way to experience this type of game. Yeah. You know, I probably would have not been happy if I had bought Watch Dogs Legion for full price. Um, but this was a good way to, to experience it. Like I said, I'll probably play a few more hours and then I'll be done with it. I may revisit it again at a later date. I don't know. Um, they're, I know they're working on a, like a, a cross save type of the cloud save that you can save. Uh, between consoles and PC and stuff. I don't know if that's active yet. I, I'm not sure. Um, but they are working on something like that. So, you know, if I if I get an Xbox Series X down the line uh, and want to buy this game and play for it. Because, honestly, like, I don't necessarily need to play with PC. There's not, there's not a ton of, like, shooting in it. There's only a little bit. So uh, they, they, they it, it's frowned upon uh, shooting other, other characters. So, um, so. <laughs> I could probably play it with controller and it would be a little bit easy. Driving especially is not not great uh, in this one on with PC controls. So So my final question is I have this new Xbox coming maybe Tuesday. I don't know if I'm actually getting mine Tuesday or not. I kind of wanted Watch Dogs Legion because I already have Valhalla on PC because of my graphics card. I was going to get Legion for the like a new game for their Xbox do you think it's worth getting it at full price on the new Xbox or should I wait for a sale or do you play plus? I really like, it depends on how much time you have, you know, uh, you got to assume the hollow is going to be a fairly big time sink, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I know it's not going to be as much of a time sink as Odyssey. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think that, that was one of the things they wanted to work on for it. Um, I don't know, like, because I watched a little bit of Watch Dogs Legion uh, played on the Xbox Series X, and to me, it didn't look better than my computer. Okay. Uh, for one, so uh, that's up to you. I would honestly, I would, I would probably play it. You play plus. You have the computer to to play it uh, on computer. So, um, 
thanks. <laughs> uh, so that that's probably how I would go. That you know, I, you could even do. I think they have a free trial, so you might even be able to do a seven or fourteen day free trial uh, for you play plus and and play it that way. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. And then, yeah, if, uh, and then if you like it, but you know, you can buy it at that point or or continue on with the you play plus. Um, so. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I kind of like that idea of doing you pay you play plus free trial. Cause it's probably not that long. It's probably 20 hours at most and just burn through it while yeah. doing Valhalla. Yeah. I think I read like 25 hours for watchdogs Legion. Okay. So. All right. That's it. Any other questions about watchdogs Legion? No, I got nothing. No. Okay. Uh, if I had to give it a score, um, it would probably be seven and a half, 7.5 or eight. Ah. Open so, Critic gave it a seventy-five. You're right. Yeah, on. that that was that's a pretty good, pretty good uh, review score. Review yeah. score for it. So, uh, nibble bits. I don't know if you guys have any nibble bits, but there was some big news um, yesterday on N Seven Day. Yeah, is that uh, Ma- the Mass Effect team is officially developing a new Mass Effect game, uh, and then they announced the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which is supposed to come out next year early. So. Wasn't there also news that they're working on a new Mass Effect experience? Did did I dream they're, that or they're making a new game? Okay. Yeah. There's no, there's no, literally no word on it yet. It's just that they are doing another game. Uh, I don't know if they're continuing the Andromeda story or if they're going to tell a different story in the the old universe. I don't know. I would really like for them to revisit the Andromeda story. It was such a, it was such a compelling concept. You know, I I don't think they, I don't, I don't want to say they butchered the execution, but the execution wasn't fully there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I still enjoyed it. I I know we've talked a lot about that on this podcast, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just such a, such a cool idea to, to explore a new galaxy. And then when we got there, it didn't seem all that different from the Milky Way. And yeah. I feel I like know. they didn't they didn't play up enough the humanity's struggle, right? Us, or not even humanity, but all the other the Mass Effect races. Yeah, they they I don't think they played up enough their struggle uh, for for survival. You know? Right, you get there and like stuff's already set up, and you're like, wait, I thought I was like the uh, pioneer pathfinder. here, pathfinder. Yeah, and it's like, no, like this this shit's been here a while. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that was the big news. I don't know. We, do you guys have anything you want you want to talk about for news? I pulled up a quick uh, couple articles here. Apparently, the Final Fantasy VII Remake Definitive Edition is coming to PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X. Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't know if that's been substantiated. It's still a rumor at this point, but um, sounds to be seems to be that it's actually going to happen. Uh, also, oh, I had another one that I lost. Oh, it was the Mass Effect stuff, which you just talked about. So that's it. What's Portal Reloaded? I don't know. I didn't hear anything about that. Yeah, I don't know either. Is that just a re-release? Oh, a free community-made modification for Portal 2. Builds on the concepts of the main game by allowing you to place a third portal, which enables traveling between two different timelines. Thinking in four dimensions is vital to solving 25 brand new mind mind and time-bending puzzles. I love that. That sounds interesting. I keep saying, I know people want Half-Life 3. I want Portal 3. Yeah, I'm with you. Portal, the two Portal games are superb. Yep. Totally Um, agree. Okay. Uh, Will, you have any news? Uh, Just for people who... 
Well, just for people who want a uh, PlayStation 5 or Xbox, you might be in luck. Um, a lot of retailers are going to be reloading their stock for the consoles on their actual launch day. So Walmart, Target, Best Buy are all going to have new stock. The catches, a lot of them won't be doing in-store purchases, so you have to do it online. I think they're trying to mitigate um, people camping outside for the new consoles during um current pandemic i don't think they want that uh because i know best buy is doing pickup times but you have to schedule a pickup time for your console so um yeah so check uh your local target best buy and walmart online on release day because at the very least instead of competing with the world you're going to be competing with people just in your area um so your chances will be a little bit better uh so i'm going to be trying really hard to get a ps5 especially if i don't get my xbox on the 10th so um, I try to secure one of them for the coming week so I have something. Okay. Instead of being screwed out of both of them like I have been so far. Yeah, that stinks. So. Okay. Anything else? Nope, that's like my only nibble bit. Okay. Um, I just have a quick one more. Uh, apparently the Switch is now up to almost 70 million units sold. Wow. It's wow. The sec- second highest selling Nintendo console ever behind the wii obviously um but there's been more rumors about the switch pro coming out next year they should do a pro i agree i would like to see a pro uh the my main thing with the switch is i would like to see a slimmer bezel on the on the the screen yeah you nerd really nice (laughs) it's all about the slim bezels got a smaller Um, bezel Okay, uh, let's get into our weeks. Corey, we'll start with you. You haven't been on in a little while. What have you been up to? Oh, man, yeah, I could take it in so many directions right now. Um, I, I haven't been playing a ton of games, but just trying to keep myself occupied with other forms of media. I've been watching a lot of TV and movies. Um, been getting through Dragon Ball Super, which Will will be happy to hear. Um, I think I just finished episode 67 last night, which is when Vegeta starts beating the hell out of goku black oh that's a good scene um yeah it's good stuff it's very very exciting stuff the, they really raised the stakes in the last like 15 episodes or so it, it went from kind of like a silly dragon ball thing to like this very serious time yeah. travel crazy high concept story the goku black arc is one of the um more renowned or well-received arcs within the dragon ball realm yeah um even like original and z uh it's one of those ones because it's like kind of a throwback to z a little bit with more interdimensional stuff yep uh so a lot of people really enjoyed it especially coming off of the first three arcs of super where a lot of people were like man i'm not sure how i feel about it i liked it personally but it's kind of a lot of people weren't sure how they felt and then like it starts hitting its stride with the goku black stuff yeah yeah, I'm I'm into it. I, I really enjoy it. I've got uh Blood of Zeus queued up. That's a new Netflix animated series that's supposed to be really good. Um so there's that. I mean I've watched so many things. I, I won't bore everybody. But the other thing <laughs> I, I wanted to talk about is the uh Mandalorian season two just started. I like it might be one of my favorite TV shows of all time. And and it's we talk about Game of Thrones, Dan and I, anyway, like how great of a TV show that is. And I honestly like I'm at the point where I think Mandalorian is as good as Game of Thrones, but in a totally different way, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas Game of Thrones is this deep, like political, dense um, 
epic. The Mandalorian is just like pop, like fun, like pulp is the word, not pop. Pulp, like fun, just like, I don't know, old school, like 90s action fun. I kept saying to my fiance, I'm like, this show is so cool. Like, it's just cool. The Mandalorian is such a cool character and he's always doing cool things and flying around on a jetpack and shooting stuff. Like, they don't make TV shows like the Mandalorian anymore. Yeah. They just, they just don't. I mean, everything is, it's so, it's so full of itself anymore. You know, everything has to have a message and, and in a way the Mandalorian does, but it doesn't, it pays more attention to like, what's just going to be fun to watch. What is, yeah. what are people going to enjoy? What are they going to think is cool? And like, I don't know, I, like, I want to go outside and play the Mandalorian as if I was a kid, you know, I want to strap a fake jetpack on and, you know, have a flamethrower on my wrist I don't know. It's just so much fun. And it has all the, the right nods to um, the Easter eggs for Star Wars fans. Uh, the baby Yoda character is such a cute little character. Um, this past episode was really funny because he was doing some things that he, sh- he shouldn't have. Uh, <laughs> nice. It's just really, I don't want to spoil it, but it's just really, really entertaining. And I cannot recommend it enough, especially if you're a Star Wars fan you'll get way more out of it. But um, my fiance who, you know, likes star Wars, but doesn't know anything about it uh, really enjoys the show too. So can't recommend the Mandalorian enough. Cool. Oh yeah. I, I, I actually, I've got to finish watching the first season of Mandalorian before I watch the second, but as it is something I definitely want to do. There was a great cameo in the first episode of the Mandalorian that I won't spoil, but it takes place on Tatooine. Nice. Uh, we got a good look at the sand people in uh, in this season, like an intimate look at the uh, what do they call them? Not the Ewok or not the uh, not the Jawas. The Tuscan Raiders. Tuscan Raiders. Yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah, we got a good intimate look at them, which was cool. Um, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. They're the ones who hold the gun up and go. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. It turns out the Mandalorian can speak their language, which is cool. Huh. Is it? It's, uh, it's weird it how pretty how much, much yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much like oh. It's weird <laughs> how much uh, attention Tatooine gets for being like a backwoods planet, you know? Yeah, like it's supposed to be. Yep, I, I like that. I think it's interesting. Yeah, it 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 makes me hopeful as someone who really liked Force Awakens, didn't like Last Jedi, was kind of okay on Rise of Skywalker. I thought they pulled it together fine. As someone who has just thought the the new trilogy was fine, like this gives me hope for the future of of Star Wars. Um, that and Rogue One. That and Rogue One. I even like Solo quite a bit. Yeah, Solo is good. I agree. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm hopeful for Star Wars. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is a health issue, not a big one, but uh, I got bit by a tick yesterday, mm. which isn't the first time that's happened. I've ever since I've lived up here, I've had this the one yesterday would be my fourth tick bite wow um which i don't know i never even saw a tick down in your guys neck of the woods when we i've were only seen up. one and one of my kids had one one time that was it since i've been here i've gotten bit you know four times um but this one's a little different because it was on my neck like right where my neck meets my shoulder and then this morning i woke up and my lymph node right here is really swollen uh-uh. i've never had swollen lymph nodes in my neck in my life before um, so I texted my friend who's an infectious disease specialist. And he said that a localized infection is normal for a bite. 
um, not to worry about it since yeah. I got it. I got it out the same day. You know, yeah. it wasn't that badly engorged. He's like, if you see a bullseye, then I'd go get some help. But the bullseye rash that you get is a yeah. good sign of yeah. Lyme disease. But I don't know, just this uncomfortable feeling in my neck of this swollen lymph node. Like, I fear the day where I have some like really severe illness where those get swollen because it's just a really uncomfortable, like, you know, you're not healthy feeling. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's bulgy. Yep. It's awkward. Yep. But oh, anyway, geez, Corey, that's my peel when, back the curtain story. When did you get this? Was it yesterday? Two days ago? Yesterday, we went. Uh, we went out for a little hike yesterday, and when I was showering later in the day, I felt what I thought was just like a scab or something on my neck, and I was just pulling on it, and it was like really stuck. I'm like, what the heck? And then I pulled it, and I looked, and it was a little tick. I saved the tick. Mm. Yuck. Hate the, I hate those things. Just in case they're, I need to get it tested. Well, yeah, they're gross. Nasty. They're grody. Makes you thankful for like turkeys and possums because they eat tons of ticks. Yep. Do deers eat ticks? Is that why they got their name deer tick? No, because they live on deer. They a live lot. on deer. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Anything else, Corey? No, I mean, I could bore you guys for hours if you <laughs> really want, but I won't do that. What do you got, Will? Uh, not a whole lot. I've been on a huge Joe Rogan kick within the last uh, week or so. Mm-hmm. I implore everybody to watch the Edward Snowden interview. Uh, I haven't listened to that one yet. I want to. It's bizarre to me that Joe Rogan gets all of these guests because he's just like a UFC bro. Yeah. And somehow well, he just... he's he's fair. Like he's willing to listen to anybody. He's willing to call people out, you know, but he's fair. He's not going to. Mm-hmm rip somebody just because he disagrees with them on their philosophy you know and i think that's why he's so popular because he's because of that very reason right so it's really cool because he's had like i've been watching a lot of like just a lot of his interviews and he's had everybody from like tulsi gabbard to bernie sanders to dan crenshaw like all of these different people to to alex Alex jones Jones, (laughs) edward snowden and it's really funny because some people give him a hard time because he's talking to his guests and he often agrees with what they're saying and they're like, oh, Joe Rogan has actually no beliefs. And it's like, no, like he's not going to fight with them because he wants them to talk and get their point across. So right. like he not doesn't reaffirm, but like he lets them speak and he goes, yeah, 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 I see that. I see that. I understand that, which is really cool because that gets them to feel comfortable instead of just being attacked for what they think they want to do with the country or like what Edward Snowden did. Um, yeah. It's really funny because on the edward snowden one i think joe rogan talked for it was like a two and a half hour interview i'm pretty sure joe rogan talked for maybe like 10 minutes total it was all edward snowden just like talking about everything and i I texted Corey this i said i felt like i needed to watch that interview on someone else's phone on another person's youtube account while wearing a ski mask (laughs) yeah (laughs) so you don't get flagged yeah, so I don't get flagged because holy crap. Like, Apparently in the Kanye West one too, he only talked about ten minutes. <laughs> I haven't I've seen clips from it. I haven't seen the whole thing, but uh Kanye yeah. did a lot of talking in that one. I, I haven't that. I heard he's Joe Rogan's talked about it a little bit that one. He says he actually really likes Kanye West. Yeah, and like he liked that interview a lot because a lot of people were like, Oh yikes, but Joe Rogan's like, no, nah, like it wasn't that bad, it was fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I have to listen to it, but I have, I have it downloaded and everything. So, um, but yeah, no, Joe Rogan's podcast is great. I just love the long form 
way he does it. Like I listened to Garrett Reisman, who is an mm-hmm. astronaut, just talking about space. Like, I don't know. It's really cool. And it made me think it's really funny because they have Jamie who like fact checks and pulls up videos for people. When Joe Rogan was potentially like going to be doing the presidential debate, I was thinking the person who dodged the bullet was Jamie because (laughs) he would be going from pulling up videos of deer eating grass for a bunch of stoners (laughs) to trying to fact check the two people who might try running the country later. That's a a great point. He would have had to use that as leverage for a pay raise. (laughs) Right. Yeah, Yeah. certainly. Certainly. Yeah. Because it's like everything they're saying, like, Jamie, pull that up. It's just like, Jamie, pull up elk meat. Yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. Like, pull up DMT facts. Like, stuff like that. So it's just, like, uh, really funny to listen to them, like, have him pull up everything and then, like, giving him a hard time on stuff. Yeah. It's really it's really good. I recommend everybody. There's a, there's a little bit of something for everybody on Joe Rogan's podcast. Like, I won't watch any of the UFC stuff because I really could just care less. But, like... Yeah. Yeah, CIA agents on there, former CIA agents. It's like, it's really interesting and kind of gives you a deep dive on a lot of the inner workings on a lot of stuff that you don't see or get anywhere, in my opinion. So, um, very eye-opening. A a related question that's kind of changing the subject a little bit, but it just occurred to me, like, when, when Edward Snowden blew the whistle, right, on the mass spying by the NSA... Did anything ever come of that or did he just expose it and we just accepted it and moved on? Like, I know people were concerned, but I don't know if there was ever any result from him exposing that. Like, no, we accept accept it and we accepted it and then bought Alexa's and Google Home. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Yeah. I got rid of my Google Home now because I'm like, you know what? Like, this isn't okay. Yeah. We still use our Alexas because it makes our shopping easier. Easy. Yeah. I was thinking about it. Edward Snowden's got to be beside himself watching Americans buy Alexas and Google Homes and Echo Dots and all of that. He's probably like, oh, God. Well, the, the crazy part is, about it is is like employees who work on these products for the their respective companies have admitted that they record stuff and they listen to it like they admit it and we still like i don't know i guess people just don't really care if you feel like you have nothing to hide then whatever but um i don't know i hate to use a slippery slope argument but i think it's the best one to use here like we gotta we gotta be careful no yeah and like Corey, you're right like having nothing to hide like it's okay that i have it listened to me but like i don't know it just feels weird to have I don't know. It's just interesting to me that it all started with the whole like 9-11 attack when George Bush implemented the the wiretapping and then just to see how much it's grown. And it's just like funny to me because all of the presidents we've had since George Bush have been vehemently different, but they've all just like continued with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, like, okay. I always I always not to get um, too political here on a video game podcast, but looking back, like I always tell people you need to pay close attention to politics for eight years just to expose all the hypocrisy that happens in American politics and all the, like how it's all theatrics and just like 
arguing and hypocrisy and it's just all it's just all a sham and we lose because of it but the patriot act is the one thing to your point you know that that george bush signed and everybody was outraged and then obama was in office and he re-signed it and there was no peep you know it's just like this this is ridiculous so i encourage everybody to pay really close to to politics for about eight years just so you can kind of see what's going on and i think i don't know that's the best way to to sort of realize we're all being played so you can get disenchanted and give up or yep. franchise and give it's up. exactly i mean i paid attention for a total of uh 11 days and i'm disenfranchised already <laughs> so i can't imagine eight years oh my god it makes me realize that like i don't know how long i can actually pay attention to all of that stuff without becoming miserable so like i have to like you can't there's no more there's no moment of catharsis like you're never gonna (laughs) feel great about it it's just it's an ugly business the only thing i'll say to like put a put a cap on it is like don't don't commit an act of violence or vandalism or anything like that because of politics. It's just not worth it. You know, these politics yeah. that seem these politicians that seem like they hate each other in public, in some cases they do, but a lot of them are friends and a lot of it's just a show and we all buy into it and we do bad things because of it. And you just shouldn't. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. 100% agree with that. Um, with that being said, video games, I'm really, really excited for the new sex box and PlayStation five. I really hope I can get one of them this week. I'll be very I, sad. I hope you can too. Will. I don't need it. Cause I have a lot of stuff I could play, but I just really want one. Corey, are you going to send us the picture? Hopefully I did. Uh, did you look at your Amazon order? Will after you sent me a picture of yours and Johnny sent me a picture of his, I checked mine and it's like, yeah, your order's received. Like, oh, it didn't say we'll we'll arrive by. My you know, my okay. controller's coming on the on Tuesday, but the I can check right now, but I don't think I'm gonna get it as, at this point at least. Well, that sucks. I know. We ordered at the throw. exact same time. Yep, literally. Yeah, order received. So I would guess I'm probably not getting it on launch. But we'll see. You never know. Okay. Anything else, Will? Nope, that's it. All right. Uh, my turn. So, yeah, as I talked about, I, I think I talked about a couple weeks ago, I uh, joined a, or submitted a request to test out the EVGA XR1 uh, capture card. Um, I got picked. Uh, apparently, they picked about roughly 50 people. Uh, I did read after I got it, like I said at the beginning of the episode, uh, I do have to submit a one to five minute video of myself using the 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 device to capture video and post on my YouTube channel. Uh, so I'm going to do that hopefully this weekend. Uh, I tend to leave things to the very last minute, but I don't want to do that for this. I want to get this done and 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 submitted because uh, I want to keep it. It's a great device. So uh, for the most part, I've captured most of my gameplay using an Elgato HD. I think it's just an Elgato HD. Um, and the biggest difference I noticed between the two is when you are like either live streaming or recording something not in the Elgato software, there's a slightly over half a second delay between what happens in the game and it being recorded on a screen. So whenever I would live stream, uh, the Nintendo Switch mostly is what I use for that or recorded using OBS or something there's there's that delay so i had to accommodate for that delay by putting a delay on the webcam and the microphone that i'm using those didn't always sync up so it it was always a little bit weird 
Um, with the EVGA XR1, I could I, very close to being able to actually play through the gameplay captured like on my on my computer. Like I could watch that instead of watching like the TV that I have the gameplay going. It's that close. So that like when I finally get back to like live streaming again uh, or recording videos with OBS, it's it's much easier. Because what was what would happen if if I didn't accommodate for that half a second? is uh i would react to something real quick before it happened so it was there was always that weird thing but this is is very close um as far as the video captured in it it's it's good it's great video um this one has like 120 hertz pass through too so um i'm gonna try to get a dual pc set up for like streaming and stuff uh, and i could do that with this because i have now that i have a high refresh rate monitor um I, I mean, it's 165 hertz, but if I'm streaming, if I can continue at least on a hundred, it's got 120 hertz pass through. So if I can continue playing on 120 hertz, that would make things a lot better. What's uh, the the upload, like data upload amount if you're streaming at 120 hertz? Uh, so, I mean, it, it, it's it's pass through. It only records 60 frame video. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, that just makes it so that 120 hertz goes through the device and then it captures 60. Ah, okay. Um, this makes one sense. has, I think it has 4K pass through. Let me find the box. Put it out here. That's pretty handy. I didn't even realize that you could do that. Like yeah. record a different frame rate than what you're passing through. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's got... Uh, 4K, it's, I got up to 4K 60 frames per second pass through. And then uh, for 1080p or 1440p, it has 120 hertz pass through. Um, but yeah, you can record 4K 60 frames HDR HDR video with it, which is which is great. Um, it's nice looking too. It's got a nice little nice LED pattern on the top of it. Uh, I don't know what it's going to ultimately cost, but I mean, if you're into into uh recording any videos for for that type of stuff game videos or or whatever it's a it's a solid device another good thing is it's got USB-C uh plug-in so i've got just a straight USB-C to USB-C cable there's a USB-C port right on the back of my uh new graphics card that i got so i just run it into that great device so neat so what yeah. are you going to do for your 1 to 5 minute youtube video uh i'm going to actually probably try to stress the thing out a little bit um i'm gonna do like four or five switch games like you know a couple like 30 to 60 seconds uh i'll probably start with animal crossing and then i'll get into more 60 frame per second games i'll, I'll probably try mario odyssey I'll, mario kart 8 yeah um and just show the the difference between them and how it does a good job of capturing even 60 frame per second video cool yeah that sounds awesome so uh that's that outside of that i don't know that i i mean i have stuff going on but one more thing uh the three of us have a new niece oh we do yeah we do yes So, congrats to our sister reese evelyn yep welcome to the family uh born on friday came home yesterday in a snowstorm in in, uh alberta (laughs) yeah so it's funny uh and not having a snowstorm yeah, we've been having unseasonably warm weather here too. Yeah, seventies, superb. It's beautiful. Um, it's kind of a send off. It's going to be six months of misery. 
Well, I'm so. I'm stressing about this weather because uh, the grass is back to growing a little bit, and I'm like, oh, I thought I was done for the year. <laughs> I do, I do. That's my side hustle is is mowing some lawns. So, um, as much as as I appreciate the extra money, like I was just, I'm always over it by the end of the year. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to do this again. Yep. So, but now I'm looking at the grass. I'm like, do I have to do these again? Is anybody gonna say anything, or do I just let it go? And I think I'm I'm just gonna let it go. But if somebody says something, I'll have to. Sure. I'll have to jump on it, but it's always better to let the grass kind of grow a little bit before it goes dormant anyway. Yeah, so. it protects it a little bit, right? Yeah. Over the winter. I will say, Corey, you it'd be smarter to mow it now than when it's 20 degrees. <laughs> I mean, it would. I should have done it the first day of this heat wave just because I yeah. think you want like a week for the, the cones to close off, I think yeah. is the science behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's at this point, I think when's our cold weather coming back? Like Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. I think it's the middle of the week. So, oh, well too late now. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that's all I got. Let's, uh, let's get into what we played. Um, so I can go first. As I said, uh, did I talk about the Fortnite mares Fortnite thing? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I don't know if I did, but the, the Fortnite mares event was, was kind of neat. So, the way it worked is uh, they had the whole spooky spot stuff, but if you got eliminated, you turned into like a ghost after you got eliminated, and then your goal was to eliminate the, the still living players. Uh, so that made for some interesting gameplay uh, towards the end, end of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still play Fortnite probably at least an hour a day with, with my daughter and then sometimes my son too. Um, that's Wasn't that a Halo simple. game mode? Like infected or something like that originally? Yeah. Yep, there, there, yeah, there's, there's, um, I think a few of the games have, have modes like that. Um, obviously the ghost had like different abilities than, than your, you know, Fortnite character, but. Right. Uh, yeah, Hyrule Warriors. So I did download and try the Hyrule Warriors, uh, Age of Calamity demo. I didn't play that much of it. I, I just wanted to get like a, a taste of what the game was going to be about. Uh, I like to go into these things blind, but apparently you can carry over your uh, save game data into the full game because it is just like the beginning of the game and not like somewhere in the middle. Um, and one of the things I always look for in, in these types of games are how well does the Hyrule Warriors game or how well does the, the Dynasty Warriors game implement the the elements from whatever whatever medium they're doing. So... Um, I always talked about how good the original High War Warriors was compared to like Fire Emblem Warriors, uh, just because it did a better job of in- implementing the things from Legend of Zelda than than Fire Emblem did. In yeah. Two. I mean, it, it seemed like an easier thing to do. I think. Yeah. I think a lot yeah. of the elements from Fire Emblem would be hard to. But how do you bake relationships well? into? Uh, exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah. Whereas um, you can, you can, it's easy to throw a bomb and a boomerang into a video game. You know. Yes. It's... Exactly. Um, so at least as of what I've experienced so far, they've done a, a great job. Uh, not just not just with the the elements like uh, you know the the mag, mag the magnetic thing. I'm not going to come up with the names of these. Magnesis, magnesis, the bombs, all that stuff is in the game. Uh, it's very well done. All the all the tones and sounds that you hear in Breath of the Wild are in this game. Um, it is very much like Breath of the Wild, but. Hyrule Warriors. Uh, they've they've done a great job so far. We're gonna have an episode cooking. on it. What's that? There's cooking, right? Cooking, cooking is in it. Yeah, uh, collecting all the various things that you find, like all the all the bugs and mushrooms and stuff. That's in there. Um, 
it's it's surprisingly well done as i said i only did i did one maybe two battles i think there's the demo is is fairly sizable uh there's probably four or five battles that you can do in it oh wow um, in the in the demo part but yeah it's uh very well done i'm not gonna spoil too many um, the stuff in it but it is a good adaptation of breath of the wild into hyrule warriors we're like nine days away from it right it's the 17th uh 20th 20th okay so we're 11 or 12 math yep. i'm excited for that i wanted to do the demo but i actually held off yeah so is there a frame rate issue by the way i've saw some of that not that i noticed okay but that doesn't mean it wasn't there Okay. When I play stuff on my TV, I'm a little less. I I notice frame rates less than when I'm playing on my computer. Okay. Uh, when I'm playing on my computer, if the frame rate drops at all, I notice right away and I'm annoyed by it. But uh, on my TV, especially with the Switch, um, because it's, I don't even know if it's 1080p, but or I don't know if Hyrule Wars is 1080p, but yeah, I don't know notice the frame rates quite as much. But it's good. I'm excited for it. Um, Good. So that's all good, I played. Good. Corey. Um yeah, uh so I'm back in Hearthstone, that battlegrounds mode, which is the auto battler mode. Uh really so addictive. Um <clears throat> I think I've talked about that at length though, but um I know you guys haven't tried it, but I do recommend it. I know I've been trying to get you to play for a long time, but um the battlegrounds mode is awesome. They actually added a new dual mode, which you it's in uh alpha right now or beta or whatever so you have to pay in order to get access to that but that sounds promising because it does the dungeon runs that hearthstone kind of inherited uh halfway through its lifespan it's like a single player adventure where you're finding very powerful cards and building your deck as you go through this dungeon um but now they've made it a multiplayer experience. So you get all the fun parts of the, the dungeon runs, but you're doing it against other people, which sounds really promising. I haven't had a chance to play that yet, just because um, my rule for Hearthstone is I will never spend money on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've held true to that for the most part. Early on, you had to actually buy some of the adventures, but now they're all free to play. Um, so there's that. Uh, I've gotten back into Rocket League, which I hate. I hate, hate, hate. I love the game, but I hate that I'm hooked on it again because it just sucks up too much of my time. Once I start playing, like, you sheep, got to play several matches. <laughs> um, Is it much different now that it's gone free to play? Uh, that's a good question. There's more beginners. So if you jump into a casual match, um, at least in my experience, I was constantly paired with beginners, which was kind of nice because after you get beat, a few games in a row it's nice to go and beat up on some new players and sure. remind yourself just how far you've come because a lot of times you can feel like you're not getting any better but um that's it's 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 clear that you are getting better when you go back and play people who are not nearly as good as you are um, and then you make them quit yeah yeah and honestly i think uh these breaks i take are good for me because i'll come back and play and all of a sudden i'll be doing something i'd never done before like mm-hmm you know, drive all the way up to the ceiling and jump off of the ceiling to hit the ball. Like I just started doing that recently and I don't know. It just, it's like, uh, you know, Will, like when you're, when you're working out every day, the same way for a certain length of time, like you stop getting your, you stop gaining from it. You need to change it up every now and again. Yep. Yep. Um, and I think the, the break is good for that. It kind of resets your brain a little bit and 
has you think about the game a little differently. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, go ahead. I was just going to, I was just going to, you know, compare it to, to Fortnite a little bit. And, um, you know, I didn't, cause I've, I've been playing like a lot the, the past three or four months or whatever. And <clears throat> I went back and watched some of my videos that I recorded when I kind of first started playing. Cause again, you don't feel like you've gotten much better. I'm like, Oh my God, I was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's such a difference, but yeah. Go ahead. Um, no, that's all I was going to say. They, they, I think they cleaned up the tournament mode. Uh, but again, I'm not spending any money on these things. I don't know what's behind a paywall. I don't, I won't upgrade my car by spending any money on it. I don't like to subscribe to the season stuff. Um, I just, is, is intriguing as some of that stuff is just for something different in the game. I don't feel like I get additional enjoyment out of the game and all I've done is spent money. So it's like, I don't know. I, I try not to, mm-hmm. um, but maybe I will at some point if I keep playing. Um, also played a little Spirit Fair, which uh, is one of those games that was overwhelmingly positive on Steam and had a lot of reviews, which for me is always a, a sign of a game that I'll really enjoy. Uh, haven't given it a ton of time, but the setup for that, it's a 2D platformer. Um, the setup is you are Stella with your cat daffodil i think is the name of the cat and you take over as the spirit fair for the dead so charon who is the greek roman mythology uh ferryman for the dead i can't remember which um kind of passes the torch to you so all of a sudden you have to pick up all these people and ferry them to the end of their life um but it is a management game in that your ship is your platform and you are building on your ship. You're going to islands and getting resources. Uh, the people who come on your ship, you have to make happy by giving them hugs and talking to them and feeding them the food they like. Um, so it is it, it is a very much a sim game in the vein of like a Stardew Valley or uh, you know any of the any of the more modern management games, but. Uh, the ambiance is really nice. It's a pleasant game. It has the cartoon graphics, but the soundtrack is really nice and relaxing and pleasant. It's, it's a very low stress game, which I like. Uh, and they do a good job of throwing curveballs at you because you set your course on the map of where you want to go in this ocean. And on the way, you can stumble on some things you've never seen before. Um, when you arrive on places, that's where some of the platforming stuff comes into play. And that's pretty fun. Uh, the couch co-op I actually got to experience last night. Uh, my fiance in a, in a rare turn of events said she wanted to play some video games. So um, nice. I got on game pass and just filtered by games that had couch co-op. And I saw spirit fair was one of them. And I knew I had just started, I had just started it and I knew I was coming on the podcast today. So I figured let's play that. I'll have something to talk about a little bit more. So um, as of right now, we have three people on our ship. Oh, so the way the couch co-op works is uh, I just let, Sophie, my fiance, play as Stella, the main character, and I was I played as the cat. And the cat can do all the same things that the main character can. Um, I like the way they do the couch co-op because if you get really far apart from each other on the screen, it just zooms out. It doesn't like have one person off screen. Um, and the way the game is set up is that 95% of it, other than when you get off your ship, takes place on your ship. So there's never this like wide area you need to look at it's always kind of contained so it works out pretty well in that way um but yeah we have three people on our ship we built houses for two of them uh we have a kitchen 
um, where you can cook the food that you, in most cases, you're catching fish. Uh, you can cook that and certain characters will like certain kinds of cooked fish, whereas other ones don't like fish. There's one character that's a vegan and won't eat anything but fruits and veggies. Um, so that's fun. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's a very, without getting, I mean, I probably maybe gave the game three hours at this point um, without getting too far into the game. I definitely enjoy the aesthetic, the relaxing atmosphere, um, the kind of mindless tasks that are enjoyable in all of these games where, you know, you have your, your checklist of things you need to get done. And then there's some fun curveballs along the way, but uh, I've heard it can get emotional too. Yeah. Yeah. There, it's a pretty, it's, it's a, it's heavy, not the, it's not like a dense story, but it's heavy. It's dealing with some like yeah. heavy, heavy existential type things. So um, I could, I could see that. Yeah. I could see the emotions running high, but uh, it's a cool game. I'm looking forward to experiencing more of it. This um, is a game that I'm trying to get to for this year. Yeah. I recommend it. Totally recommend it um let's see oh civ 6 i hooked on civ 6 again i've been playing a lot of that oh i gotta tell you guys my story from the last time i told you in text <laughs> but it's so fun to so i've been um experimenting with the game settings a little bit i've always played the game speed at the online speed which is really quick but one thing i didn't realize about civ is that there are certain things that are not the timeframes aren't based on the speed in which you play the game. They're constant regardless mm -hmm. of the speed you select. So like movement of troops and builders and stuff is the same regardless of the game speed. So one thing I didn't realize I was running into is when I played in those quicker with those quicker game speeds, I could have an army, but by the time it got to the destination of where I wanted it to go, it's already out of date. Like I already have upgrades for all these troops because the move, the troop movement speed was the same, regardless of the game speed. So I had a fast game speed. I'd send all these troops out. By the time they got there, they'd already be outdated because so many tur enough turns had passed where I've had much better technologies. Uh -huh. So when I started slowing it down and went back to standard game speed, all of a sudden, like, wars became fun again. Because um, you could have these long campaigns where you sent troops on 15-turn adventures across the ocean to go and, you know, try to take somebody's capital. Um so I'm on the Emperor difficulty, which is, I think, like third from the most difficult, uh, which is for me is a, still a pretty big deal. And it's it's challenging, especially early on. The barbarians are, are running high and uh, people are very aggressive. And if they see you getting ahead early on, they'll just declare war on you and try to take you out. Um, so there is a challenge there. But I was playing as I forget the Civ I was now, um, maybe India. I don't remember. Uh, but I was pushing for a science victory because all the other options were closed off to me. I didn't have a big enough civilization um, in order to do a domination victory just because I couldn't push out enough production and troops and all that stuff in order to do that. That one's uh, always the hardest for me, too. Yes. Especially if you don't get out ahead right off the bat. That's yep. that's super hard. Domination's hard. Uh, religious, I just don't like the religious side of the game. I like the the way it's baked into the game, but I don't like the religious victory because you're constantly sending out missionaries and doing this stupid like warfare and it's it's never clear who's going to win it's i don't know it's just this ugly thing and you're constantly vying for religious power between several different factions in certain cities and 
you know, somebody could send a hero or not a hero, a great person that can do something that totally undoes what you've been doing for the last hundred turns. And it's really frustrating. Um, so I don't enjoy the religious victory. So that was out. The other one is the diplomatic victory. And uh, that was the one that another opponent of mine late in the game, like late 1900s, I was pushing for my science victory. The last thing you need to do for that is send out the exoplanet expedition. And once you launch it, that's one thing, but then it takes 50 turns to get there. Oh, so, so well, I forgot about those 50 turns. I'm like, I got this victory in the bag. Like this expedition is about ready to launch. I'm all set. Um, and the, the, my leading competitor had 17 out of 20 diplomatic points. So they only needed three more diplomatic points to get a diplomatic victory. And you can get that just by uh, achieving certain um, technologies or civic researches. So I knew it could happen at any turn. I, I didn't, I didn't bother to go and check and see, you know, oh, what do they need to research? I don't even know if you can, maybe through spies, you might be able to get that information, like what they haven't researched yet. Um, so I just didn't know. And I'm like, I need to do something to stop them from winning because I've committed like 30 hours to this match. I don't, I don't want to lose. And my only option was nukes. I didn't have an army. Oh, I didn't man. know what else to do. Um, I, I didn't even have uranium to make nukes. Fortunately, I found an island uh, relatively close that was just like one little plot, one one hex that I put a, a sieve on, um, and then it had the uranium right next to it. Or I put a city on, and it had uranium right next to it. So I quickly did that, and then I started building up the uranium and started researching nukes. And uh, what I'm thinking is just the nick of time, I got my thermonuclear nuclear bomb out in... Uh, nuke their capital <laughs> just destroyed it just wrecked it nice the other and, players uh, are getting a notification that india has become randomly very violent yeah yeah so yeah and everyone turns against you if you use nukes and then the world congress convenes and then they decide they all want to declare war on you to prevent you from <laughs> at which point you just got to play defense and i'm like i just need to hold them off for the remainder of these you know 20 or whatever turns i had left to get my exoplanet expedition there uh and i did I, I got the victory, but nice. um, it, I rarely have I had so much fun at the end of a Civ game. You know, it, at a certain point in the game, you can kind of see the direction the game's going to go and who's yeah, going to win. Yeah, it's just inertia after that. It's just inertia. You're just going through the motions and, and doing, you know, doing whatever. But uh, it was fun to see it kind of come to a head there towards the end of the game. I it's been I don't know that I've ever played a Civ game that was that close coming down to the wire. Do you think it was because of the higher difficulty? The higher difficulty definitely, but again, I think it was the game settings really. Like I did a um I got on Reddit and just saw like what do other people prefer? And uh, a lot of people love to do a huge map, which I did. So I had a huge map yeah. with like 12 civs on it and 24 civ states or something like that. Um yeah, I I only ever play on marathon game speed. Which Civ fanatics will tell you that's the best way to play it. Yeah. Um, I at after standard speed, I kind of feel like I'm just wasting my time though. So sure. there, there is especially especially early on, there's a lot of turns where you just do nothing and you just mm -hmm. hit the next turn button. But I also discovered for the first time the production queue. I didn't know that existed in Civ Six. So um, what I found, even though the turns, you know, there's more turns if you have your production queue set. Uh, you can make it so you're not spending much more time because everything's queued up. If you know where what you want built in a city for the next handful of turns, you can just keep clicking the go, 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 go button and uh, 
that's that. But yeah, I, I don't know. Such a great game. I'm excited to see what happens with Civ 7. I know that Sid Meier has said that. Not I don't I can't remember the exact quote. Not that he's not happy with the direction Civ has going, but he understands why it's not as popular as it once was. Like he he's trying to figure out a way to restore the fun element of Civ for a more mainstream audience. Uh, I hope that don't that doesn't mean dumbing it down. Well, I hope so. Oh, I yeah, it's dumbing it down. I I hope not either. I mean, I I always compare the Paradox games to Civ, uh, and I think you know in terms of where the fun is for me like civ blows those games out of the water yeah i think it's it's a nice in between where it's it's complex enough that right you know it's it's fun for for that group but not so it's not paradox complex you know it's right it's a nice nice uh medium i guess it's between it's between age of empires and like (laughs) crusader kings yes exactly yep yeah, so Civ Six, great. Speaking of Age of Empires, I played a little bit of that Age of Empires Three Definitive Edition. I did some of the uh, skirmishes, learned a little bit more about history. I learned about the Barbary pirates, and then just like I did when I was 12, 13 years old, uh, after playing Age of Empires, went and did a little research of my own. I was watching YouTube videos on the Barbary pirates. Um, yeah. Age of Empires Three is fantastic. Uh, yes, it's a great game. Will and I were talking a little bit. I love how they have the trade routes in there. It's just this other stupid little element of the game, but it just adds another layer of fun. Me and uh, Dakota have been playing it a lot recently. We won a 2v6 game on the hardest difficulty um, with a 40-minute treaty. That's awesome. Which was a lot of fun. And then we did a 2v4, no treaty on the hardest difficulty, and that was so hard. We did not win that one, but we no. were, it was tough. Cause like they rush you so fast and like once they disrupt your economy enough, it's really tough sledding to catch up. Do they, uh, do you know, is it like Civ where the harder difficulty isn't a more intelligent AI? It's just the computer gets to cheat. Computer gets to cheat because gotcha. it's not that smart because like they won't just like when they have us on the ropes, they just don't finish us off. They back off. Right. And then, I, and like, I don't know what they do with their economy to get so far ahead so quickly either. They do something. Yeah. Um, I don't know well, I they, know, I know, I think in Civ, it's, uh, you know, for every one food uh, player person gets, like, the computer person gets, depending on the difficulty, three, four, five food, you know, it's just, that's yeah. how they, that's how they cheat. Are there any strategy games that, like, a harder difficulty means smarter AI? I think that would be a hard thing uh, to hard thing to do, right? Age of Empires two definitive had some really smart AI. Again, I don't know if that is the same situation where they're just like getting more resources for doing one thing, right? Um, but that we always had a hard time with that AI, to be honest. Hmm. Like defin- the second definitive edition was way, 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 way harder than the three definitive edition for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, maybe in this age of uh, age of AI we're entering, maybe that will start to become a more normal thing in video games. Is you know, it, the computers aren't cheating; they're just smarter. Yeah, smarter and better at everything. Yep. And they become self-aware. Yes. Uh, coincidentally, we're watching the, the Queen's Gambit on Netflix, which is a story about uh, Elizabeth Harmon, chess champion. Oh. Um, 
very interesting. And there was a comment about computers playing chess and kind of tied into, I, I'm going to butcher it, so I won't even bother, but uh, kind of tied into what we're talking about here. And I don't know, I think it's, it's funny how far we've come in games and yeah. artificial intelligence and I don't know. Um, give me two minutes. I have to let the dogs out. They're both staring at me and whining. So continue without me for like two minutes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What else have you been playing, Corey? I'm trying to remember. It's it's been several months. I did try Crusader Kings three, mm-hmm. um, and I tried to give it a fair shake, but I, I played the tutorial, and at the end of the tutorial, it's like, okay, good luck, and I'm like, I still have no idea what to do. Yeah. No idea. And well, it's the, they. I think they made the recommendation at one point, like you should go watch some YouTube videos, yada yada yada. And I'm like, I'm sorry, like I just don't have time for this. Um, and I know if I were to give it the time it needed, I would really enjoy it, just based on what I'm seeing. It's just that barrier is just. It is. It's very so high. Scary. I mean, I I I have talked about it on this podcast quite a bit, but it took me about 20 hours to learn how to play Crusader Kings too. Yeah. And it, so. it contrasted sharply with a game like Spirit Fair, um, which I mentioned my fiance was playing with me. And I was realizing while I played that game, I'm like, there is really only one button you need to press to do things. Like the X button does everything in that game. And they've created the game that even though there are all, all these systems built into it, you can still do everything just by pressing one single button button and i know we're talking about two totally different genres of games but i think in terms of accessibility there's something to be learned there is you know you don't need a bunch of complex buttons and systems and stuff to make an enjoyable game um what you obviously what you put in you'll get out and there's more at the end of the day you know a, a crusader kings is surf and turf whereas you know spirit fair is a five guys burger you know sure um, both enjoyable in their own own ways, but uh, I don't know. I, I just I wish there was a way for me to get into that game that didn't involve me spending so much time. Like maybe maybe the answer is like when you your first game, like only two systems are available to you, and you don't even realize the others exist until you're playing the game and and mastering the not mastering but getting a full understanding of a couple systems and then they introduce another system and then they introduce another one yeah um i don't i don't really know what the answer is but i just wish i could get into it i mean i think a lot of it too is the lack of time you have to sink into it you know Uh, yeah i I couldn't spend that amount of time learning how to play a game now you know right i could however long six seven years ago so. Yeah, and it's it's too bad. I mean, it, it goes back to I was recently listening to our our discussion about um, the difficulty in Sekiro and how like it's fine if they want to make a game like that. And we also all agreed that it's fine that you know it gets reviewed accordingly, and you can give something a bad review because it's too difficult. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in Crusader King Three's case, I think you can give it a bad review because it's inaccessible. Um, but they know that you know they know that it's a challenging game and it's not for everybody and and that's fine but uh, i just wish there was a more a way to get into it because it's just it's a barrier for so many people to enjoy the game and it's a bummer but yeah. I, I get I, it i'd be interested to see what how, how it d- does how it did sales wise i mean i know a lot of people probably played it on game pc game pass yeah i don't know that i've seen any figures i'll have to i'll have to look into it 
I am. I'm certainly curious. I mean, they wouldn't keep making it if it didn't keep selling. So yeah. they're they're making enough money. I mean, one of the things they do too is they release a bunch of like micro content packs. You know, new new areas, new civilizations, new systems that they introduce to the game like later on too. So right, that's another way that Paradox specifically uh, monetizes their games later on. Right, because even as as far as I want to say, like, because Crusader Kings two came out in like two thousand. 11 maybe it came out like a long time ago yeah and even as early as late as probably last year they were still releasing little like content packs for it speaking of 2011 is that when we started the podcast yeah so we're coming up on a 10-year anniversary yep next august we'll have to plan something yeah does that coincide with our 500th episode uh i don't think so i think well i mean because we for a couple weeks now we've only done one every two weeks so i could possibly do that um we're trying to get back to a every weekly schedule but there's just so much going on right now. i say i say we plan it stagger them so that the 500th episode is that we could probably do that i could probably calculate it on a calendar yeah is that 10 years of uh that'd be fun yeah agreed some sort of real celebration Right, but well, uh, yeah, that's it for me. What do you got for us, Will? Two things. Uh, I mentioned two weeks ago that I was doing a living dex for Pokemon Sword and Shield. I have since completed that, and wow. that was a lot. Yeah. I'm missing. So I'm missing a couple things. I'm missing the legendary from Sword. Um, it's kind of hard to get that when you haven't. Nobody's going to want to go up the legendary Pokemon for their game. So I'm missing one of that. Uh, it's the Sword Legendary. I have Pokemon Sword. I have to play through it. And as soon as I get that, I'll we'll send it over to my shield. And I am missing one of the newest Pokemon that I can't get um, in the Crown Tundra DLC. Because you get an option of picking between a different type, a ghost type or an ice type. And I picked the ghost type, and I didn't get the ice type. So... Um, other than that, I had the actual Pokedex is completed for the base game, the Isle of Armor and Crown Tundra. I'm just missing those two specific Pokemon um, to be added into the actual living decks. But nice. other than that, I completed it. And that's, like I said, took a lot more work than I expected. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, that'll take me like no time, but it took quite a while to actually complete. So well done, Will. Yeah, I now have every Pokemon that that's... are in Golden Shield. Yeah. <laughs> that's clap worthy. Well done. I gave myself a beaten game because it took me like 50 hours to do like a long three weeks or four weeks. So uh, I've been doing that or while I completed that, but I started playing Crash Bandicoot Core. I'm trying to not really get into anything too heavy right now. Um, So I thought the perfect game for that would be to play the new Crash Bandicoot game. Um, So I bought that and I've been playing it on PlayStation. A couple things that they do that I really like is they've added some new characters to it from what I can gather. Uh, I haven't really played the original trilogy in forever, so I don't really know if they've uh, these characters were in before. Um, but off the top of my head, one of the new characters has a hook shot, which is a really cool thing. So like you play through some of these levels and she has a different mechanic. Uh, I'm trying to get the name. I've been calling her Hookshot Lady because I don't really know it. Because uh, I am paying attention to almost none of the story. or any, uh, You're really any stereotyping story. her there, Will. Hookshot Lady? <laughs> uh, 
Tana, Tana is the name. And then there's Dingo Dial, which is the vacuum cleaner jetpack person. Uh, and then Neocortex is in the game too, is playable. Uh, Neocortex has been in the past games, I believe, that you, um, just not playable. Uh, so he is in there. Uh, one thing that they do that I really, really like is they have a modern mode versus a classic mode. And what that is, is in classic mode, you get three lives to complete a level. But in modern mode, it gives you unlimited lives. You just go to it so you don't get a game over screen. So I'm playing in modern mode because I don't have time to struggle like that. The levels are already hard to begin with. Like, I didn't realize Crash Bandicoot's as hard, hard of a game as it actually is. Um, I don't know if it's just something I forgot over the years. But yeah, Crash 4 is pretty difficult. I've probably put 20 lives into levels. So if I kept getting game over screens, I'd be kind of frustrated and kind of put off from wanting to, like play through it and be it because the game's really really fun overall it's like a really solid crash bandicoot game like little um, what's that game the cartoon game little the platformer with little the, big planet no with the cool graphic style the like betty boop style cuphead cuphead yeah cuphead yeah um there's a little bit of that to it with difficulty um there's also a couple cool things they added too they added skins for crash and um and Coco, which is really cool. So, like, if you beat these levels, you can get these different uh, different skins to try to complete these levels, which is a really cool element. I'm a huge fan of having skins in games, so the fact that you, you know, have them in here is a really cool thing. Gives you a reason to try to pursue more gems, because the levels are broken down into six gems. You get uh, a gem for getting 40% of the Wampa Fruit, 60% of the Wampa Fruit, and 80% of the Wampa Fruit, and then there's a hidden gem on every level, Then you get a gem for breaking every box. And then there's another gem. I can't remember what you have to do to get that. And that's how the levels are structured. So it kind of incentivizes you to go back if you're a completionist to try to get all of these gems per level. Um, so there's that in there. And there's like a couple of really cool things they added, like with the, the masks um, that Crash gets that he wears, that, you know, the, like the, I don't even know. I forgot the name of it. But like what it is, is like it'll activate a different dimension. So some platforms won't be active in one dimension, but if you hit the trigger, they'll pop up in another dimension. So some of the puzzles is like, you'll be jumping, jumping, jumping in these platforms. And then the one is, you can tell it's there, but it's in another dimension. So you have to jump off of the platform you're on, click the trigger to activate that platform. So it comes into another dimension, which is really cool. Yeah, so they do some stuff with that to, you know, make it a little bit more difficult. So that's a really cool thing that they have in the game, too. It's like a really solid Crash Bandicoot game. You can tell Toys for Bob uh, did an amazing job. And it kind of gets me excited for what they do with the next Spyro game, because I imagine we're going to be getting a new Spyro game. I hope so. The next two years. Yeah, I mean, if they did the Crash, they both, they did both of the Crash in the Spyro uh, remastered trilogies uh, and Crash got a new game and Spyro sold just as well as Crash if not better so I'd imagine we're going to be getting a uh, new Spyro game within the coming year. That's awesome. Year too. I, so, still, I still can't believe the quality of the remasters for, for uh, the Crash and Spyro games. That's For 40 honest, bucks. Yeah honestly it's one of the like best remasters I think we've seen in the the like gaming industry like mm. I, they're really good really impressively done so um but those are the main things i've been playing i've been uh just buying my time for all of the games that are going to be coming out here before long so okay cool all right uh so we did get a piece of feedback this is actually from a couple weeks ago uh roughly two weeks ago it's uh from tito in la who says happy halloween 
Real quick update, wanted to mention that Ghost of Tsushima released their Legends update. It adds a totally free play mode that introduces a two-player co-op campaign, survival mode for four players, and a raid that became available. Let me reiterate, this was all free. It's probably the greatest DLC I've ever played. The Legends mode alone is even better than the entirety of Marvel's Avengers. Uh, had the loot style uh, of rare loot all the way to legendary loot, four different classes you could choose to play as, and it had an awesome voiceover storyteller as you play. It leads to a three-chapter raid with the first chapter released October 30th. As for the normal single-playing campaign, it adds a game plus mode, new game plus mode, uh, new items and armor, including a charm that allows lightning to strike your enemies as you attack them. Ghost of Tsushima just cemented its place as Game of the Year and one of the best games uh, out of the last decade due to its free DLC that adds hefty amount of gameplay with top-notch network play with others. Try it. There you go, Will. He, he does, uh, <laughs> before he even mentioned that it cemented it cemented itself for game of the year for him. I was thinking in my head, I'm like, man, Tito's really pushing this campaign to make Ghost of Tsushima game of the year. And then he went out and said it. But uh, I have, I've listened to your guys' episodes and heard some of his feedback about the game. And um, I'm thinking back on the year and I'm thinking, gosh, you know, that really was a, a great game that I, I kind of wish I could still play, but I've since sold my PlayStation. So um, that's not an option to me anymore. But yeah, all good things out of Ghost of Tsushima. I keep my fingers crossed that there's going to be a PC version soon. That'd be nice. It's not in PlayStation's interest anymore to put games on, or not on Sony's, I should say, but on games on PC anymore, unless they, like they did with Horizon, want to build that brand before they launch a new one. But Well, I think having them come out at like well after, like Horizon, like they probably sold a few million copies on PC. You know, I'm they, sure. They, yeah. they had exhausted their, their yep. sales on, P, on PlayStation. So. And yeah, but ushered in a new audience for whenever Horizon Zero Dawn 2 yeah. lands, you know. Yeah, Bloodborne's been in the rumors too. I'm still hoping for that one. Yeah, when are we getting Demon Souls? When's that come out? Uh, I mean, it's launched with the PlayStation 5. Oh, it's launched? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, it's supposed to come out. It's supposed to come out on PC at some point. So. Dang, does, does that mean I have to get a PS5 just to play Demon Souls? <laughs> it looks really good too. That's, That's ridiculous. I'm honestly surprised none of you are interested in getting a PS5, to be honest. I just, I see no need to have both, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I, I after just saying, like, do I need to play Demon Souls? So maybe I do need both, but I don't know. I, I don't have enough time, really, to yeah. play games on both. So I just try to pick one over the other. And with Game Pass, like, Game Pass was the differentiator for me. It's just better package of yeah subscribe and play games than than playstation now has but that's definitely fair that's definitely fair and with the ea stuff like am i gonna get nhl like the day it comes out next summer i mean NHL's no i mean next year's game like uh, having game pass am i just gonna get it the same day is that what ea play well ea play is coming to game pass yeah that's insane right Yeah, yeah i think if not already I think it's in, in tandem with the Xbox One launch, I believe. You mean the XX? Did I say Xbox One? Yeah. Oh, boy. Showing my age there a little bit. I actually did play some of the new NHL. I played a game or two. And? It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's NHL. It's frustrating. Yeah. Sure. 
Well, I guess uh, if I can, Dan, I know we're wrapping up here, but uh, yeah. I just wanted to ask, like, what's what's the timeline of like, what game should I be excited about? We talked about Valhalla. We talked about Cyberpunk. What should I be looking forward to? What am I missing? Uh, good question. I mean, I, in, in terms of games that have come out over the last few months and I've just been out of the loop, is there anything that like you guys think I'm missing out on or should be mentioned as a play? Um. Hold on. Well, Final Fantasy VII remake, Corey. <laughs> nah, you know my thoughts on that. That I'd game rather, got I, so much better, though. I, maybe, maybe, but I shouldn't have to spend, you know, thirteen hours getting to the enjoyable parts. Such a such a millennial. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I again, I'd still I'd just rather watch watch the anime than. I don't know. There wasn't a single part of the gameplay of that game that I was enjoying. You quit after What's-Her-Face caught you trying to leave the house, right? I think I played a few more hours after that. Okay. I don't know. There's only one thing I feel like I've missed out on that I would enjoy, and that's Star Wars Squadrons. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I, maybe that's going to be on the EA Play thing. That would be amazing because then I wouldn't have to buy it. That, that was only a $40 game, though, too. Makes so, sense. Um, there was that one. I feel like there was one other game that came out. Um, but uh, as far as upcoming stuff, uh, I mean, it's mostly the new, new releases <laughs> for the new console. Um, Even in that, though, like all I'm really jazzed about is Valhalla, Valhalla and yeah. Cyberpunk. Yep. Uh, the 20th, Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, that's I, that's a maybe for me. Uh, you what about Immortals? What's Immortals? Um, it's made by... The people who did Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, it's like a Greek mythology. You're Phoenix and you're fighting Greek gods in a like Olympus-like world. It's hmm. Ubisoft's Breath of the Wild. Do you remember Gods and Monsters? No. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think it's worth checking out. I think it looks pretty cool. That's December also 3rd. Hades. Yeah, also Hades, Corey. Hades is good. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the only game that I've ever seen have a 98% on Steam. I was going to say, another overwhelmingly positive reviewed game on Steam, so... Yeah, it's a um, dungeon... Ro- roguelike? Roguelike dungeon game, yeah. Um, if you're okay with restarting from the start for each run, because I know, like, Tito liked Hades, but didn't like that, so he stopped playing. Well, is there... Is it like... Um... Shoot, what are some of the more recent roguelikes I've played? Is there is there growth that does stay? Or yeah. is it all just from scratch every time you play? Yeah, so essentially that game does a couple different things with growth. For example, like when you're doing your runs, you collect these things called... Um, I'm not calling it by its actual name because I don't know exactly what it's called, but these like purple gem things. Um, if you collect enough of them, you can upgrade specific abilities. Like one of them is like damage you do when you're behind somebody and they don't see you, uh, health, like all that stuff. Uh, and then there's things called Chthonic keys, which help you unlock different weapons, which there's like five or six different weapons. And then there's also things that you can unlock to get more abilities. And the game also has like a relationship system kind of built into it a little bit. So like when you continue, so like you lose and you die on your run, you're the game's based off you're the son of Hades and you're trying to escape from the underworld. So like you'll die and then you'll be back where home base is, where Hades is. So like there's a t- bunch of different characters that you can talk to. One of them is Hades. Um, 
Is it Cerberus, the dog with three heads? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So Cerberus is there. That's your dog that you like pet and stuff like that. Then like Achilles is down there as well. Um, Nyx is down there. So like you talk to all these different characters and each time you do a new run, like once you die, you start in this new area and they have new dialogue. And it's like Hades talking smack at you for being a degenerate son for trying to escape. Like uh, Nyx is like your pseudo mother in the game. So she's like very motherly. Like you get these different character interactions and depending on who you beat on your run, sometimes they're down there too, that you okay. talk to them. Um, there's a lot of that stuff mixed in too. Uh, I think Hades is an awesome game. Is it, is it pretty? Is it fun to look at? Yeah, it's really like coolish, cool cartoon. Stylized. Yeah. yeah. Su- super giant games. Yeah. Oh, well, then I'm guar- guar- guaranteed to like it. Yeah. Then. It's uh, it's it's really good. Like I said, it's the only game that I've ever seen have a 98%. And this game launched on Epic before Steam, and it's still at 98% on Steam. Is it on consoles? Yes, I think it's on all of them. Okay, maybe I'll pick it up on Xbox then. Definitely worth it. It's like 25, 30, maybe. It's worth it. Okay. A lot of people, 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 it's a lot of people's game of the year so far. Maybe I'll, uh, well, Tuesday I got Valhalla, so maybe I'll hold off, but um, we'll see if there's a gap between Valhalla and Cyberpunk because I imagine uh, both will eat up a good portion of my time between now and the end of the year. What about early next year? When's the new Dragon Age? That's got to be coming, right? Or no word on I don't that. I think if there's been any, any, any word on that. Bummer. They put out a weird like, "Hey, we're working on it" behind the scenes video, and that was it. I guess it's just that weird time, like generation changeover, where timelines are unsure and stuff. There's a new duty coming out. Well, I've, I don't know that I've ever been excited <laughs> about that. Uh. I'll look up 2021 game releases real quick. What is the new duty? It's Blops uh, something. Blops. I just I just saw the commercial for it the other day. Yeah, it's the re- reimagining of Black Ops. Blops. Like What's the... It's got a subtitle, though. Cod Blops. Cold War, I think. Cold War. Yeah, yeah. I actually just started listening to a Cold War podcast today, so... Is it good? Yeah, maybe I will be interested in the Blops Cold War. Uh, it's fine. I mean, if, you, if you're into history, it's enjoyable. Yeah. I don't, I, something tells me that podcast is going to make the Cold War interest you, and the game is just going to take that away. Yeah. <laughs> That's my guess. Very, very well could be. The cool right, thing so with this, Go ahead. ahead. Will. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say some release dates. February 12th, Super Mario 3D World remake and Bowser's Fury. I don't know if anyone's interested in that. I am. February 26th, sort of, yeah. Bravely Default 2. Oh, yeah, definitely interested uh let's see wait i thought oh. that came out already bravely second one. oh different game different game yep oh okay oh uh, let's see april uh, i mean that's all confirmed dates that i see so far yikes nothing in the spring there's i mean there's well uh i mean april is only guilty gear strive near replicant Curse of the Sea Rats, Humankind, Rune Factory 5. Uh, in March, there's Harvest Moon, One World, Yakuza Like a Dragon, uh, Story of Seasons, Pioneers of Olive Town, Balan, Wonderworld, Monster Hunter mm-hmm. Rise. Eh, that might be good. Is that a whole new game or just to add on to uh, Monster I Hunter World? It's a Switch version. 
Yeah, yeah. it's a new game. New Switch Switch game. That might We've be got BlizzCon coming early next year. Diablo 4. Oh, you know what? Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 has got to be close, right? That's out in early access right now. Yeah. yeah. I've seen some people play it. I, uh, I, I try not to play games in early access just because I'd rather play the complete project, but um, same, same. maybe might have to jump on that. Oh, speaking of that, we didn't talk about uh, Divinity 2, which I had, but I've been playing quite a bit of too. I'm back into that. I gotta uh, play that. I just got to the point where I quit the last time, so I'm like 60 <laughs> hours into the game. I didn't realize I had put that much into it before. Wow. So I've replayed all of that all over again. But that game, I mean, you could probably play a hundred times and have a different experience every time. So yeah. Uh, all right. So next week, are we gonna do Valhalla? Are we gonna be able to get enough time in? Probably. Yes, I, I'm hoping. I've work's been really strapping me lately, just because it's annual planning time. But uh, assuming I can fit in it, yeah, I'm, I should be good with that. Okay. I'll do my best anyway. If not, we could probably just talk about the new conference. Well, if we do it Sunday again, that will at least give me yeah. some, some weekend time, which would guarantee, you know, at least a good chunk of hours. But yeah. Sunday seems to be our recording time now. So. Sunday at some point. Yep. Great. I heard Fortnite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta watch some football. Who the Giants play today? Yeah, they I just got the notification they start in fifteen minutes. But we have we've got a bunch of outdoor projects to do today, so I'm not sure I'm gonna watch much of the Giants, but we'll You don't see. wanna watch their march to the playoffs, Dan? Come on. You know, it's still possible. Yeah, it is. Which is the sad part at one it's and really six sad. or whatever. <laughs> I think we're the second best team in the division too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean all the games that they've lost. Aside from one, have been really close. So yeah, I mean they should have beaten the Eagles and they should have beaten the Cowboys. In my opinion, yeah. Yep. So, all right. Well, I got to go number one and number two, so I'm That's I'm bouncing good. real fast. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that'll do it for episode four seventy six of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host Dan. I'm Will Corey. Thanks for listening and get out of my basement. Blackout.